Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Angler's Happy Hour podcast. In today's episode, we talk about Nick finally becoming a boat owner again, my recent Airbnb dispute, boat ramp etiquette, and some of bass fishing's unwritten rules. Stick around. Who's banging on something? Uh, of course it wasn't me. It was me. My <laughs> microphone is so sensitive. You need a tennis racket on it. Yes, or a drumstick. I was working on my drum solo. I get a hard time for this screen protector from the guys on Bass Talk Live. They call it a tennis racket. That's why I just... Oh, okay. I got you. See, that's how slow I am. <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> no, no, no. The town is actually back that way. <laughs> Anyone ever seen Dumb and Dumber? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. Okay, so uh, welcome back, guys. We are coming at you on a Saturday, and uh, I'm not going to talk about how it's 120 degrees in the cave right now, and Nick's sitting in his heat, too. So um, I was going to call it a sweaty Saturday. Yeah, that's what it is. It's it's miserably hot, and um, it's been a busy one. So thank you guys for making the time to uh, chat, and um, what what's going on in your worlds? What, let's start with you, Nick. What's up with you, man? Sure, man. Well, um, as always, uh, our internet connection is is just top of the line and and rob's screen has frozen on mine and i i need to screenshot this and show you because his eyes have the crazy <laughs> dude it's like they, they're staring through the window of my soul i feel like he i feel like he's my dad and i'm 13 and i just got caught drinking a beer or something like it's funny it looks like rob is like lecturing my 13 year old self anyways hey, what's that show um gosh they just had their last season it's that show that hbo show with the dragons and stuff what am i thinking um oh. it was a super I, I watched all of them i can't i'm just trying to blank here the heat started getting to my head but yeah there did, you go did you did you guys watch it did you watch uh whatever the heck this is called no no yeah negative son i'm going down just a dead end road right now but anyways if any this show that i can't even think of the name of <laughs> his, rob's eyes when they freeze he looks like the uh, ice king dude okay well ice king could be maybe his new nickname i'm gonna screenshot yeah, this hold on you're gonna hear it right now so you can hear the screenshot because this is scary <laughs> how, how you do that is command shift four Nick's there we just go gonna shut the recording off trying to screenshot yeah let's just delete it perfect everyone hear that click okay so for I'm, years for years there was a photo of me hanging in yamamoto's pro shop here in tempe uh-huh. Like my eyes were someone got me with my eyes like bugged out. And of course they hung it on the board. And <laughs> there's nothing I could do about it but laugh. So were you night fishing? Up. No, I was at a tournament. Some someone just like said something and I, I guess my eyes just bugged out. <laughs> they got they said your bag. Right I, they, yeah, that they said I had three pounds. I thought I had four. <laughs> so, what are you doing, Nick? Is dude, I'm fishing gone? Yeah, dude, it's just freaking home improvement central over here so we're we're uh, we're hoping that uh we don't have to um prove that we're prove that we're paying any payroll taxes over here because we have been running a steady stream of subcontractors in and out of the house for a little while but we got that going on but the part that uh is most exciting and painful is that i have a new to me boat in my driveway under a cover that i haven't had a chance to go see if it floats still it's fantastic let's talk about it yeah, man, it, uh, patience, good things come to those who wait. And uh, on the old Craigslist, boy, if I had a nickel for everything, I've kicked the tires on Craigslist. I'd have a lot of nickels, but this was a good one, man. I uh, I stumbled upon a 2015 uh, Nitro Z8, and uh, it's all it's all hooked up with pretty solid gear. The kid I bought it from uh, had been fishing across the country. Uh, he'd done like opens and some of the FLW stuff. And uh, so it's it's a sweet piece, man. It's set up and ready to fish. Awesome. And it's, you said it's a 2015? Yeah. A, a, Z, a Z8. Z8. I believe that's the last year before they switched to what would be the Z20. Is that right? Yep. Yep. It's an awesome boat, man. It's a, just a total fishing machine. And uh, it's it's obviously it's it's got its first scratches and stuff like that. So now you can just take it out there and Now my and kids can it. smear Nightcrawler guts into the carpet. And I'll be like, ah, <laughs> patina. <laughs> What does patina mean? Patina is French for ugly crap. Really? No, I don't think so. I don't know. You've never heard the term patina. Patina is like when something's really Spanish old and worn out. Is that Spanish or French? or? I don't know. It ends in A, so it's something. 
All I know is it describes everything I own, man. I feel like everything I own has a pretty thick layer of grime and, and filth and patina on it. So it's a perfect fit. And the boat's in really nice shape. It's just been fished out of, you know, and uh, that's exactly what I wanted. It's got a good amount of warranty left on it. So, you know, it, life is good, man. Josh, he learned patina in real estate school. Oh, nice. Just just kind of sh- uh, shining, polishing turds, basically, in, in real <laughs> exactly. estate school. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, when you, deal in mob- when you deal in clapped out mobile homes, you know, you have to increase your vocabulary. And, you know, I think subconsciously the reason why I was so patient waiting for a nitro is that my, my business is called Nitro Properties. So, you know, I couldn't be running around in a Skeeter or something. And, hey, and that they're <laughs> the best boats on the market. And they catch more fish than other boat brands, right? And this episode is brought to you by. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, all smiles and jaws over here. What's up with you, Rob? I, you, for a second, now I've frozen on your mustache and beard. It's pretty nice. Nice. So when are you going to get that boat out on the water? Uh, Monday. Monday will okay. be the day. I'm going to I'm gonna score some dad points tomorrow. And my uh, daughter's got a birthday party with a friend that I'm going to go to. Otherwise, I'd be taking it tomorrow. But uh, Monday's the maiden voyage. Cool. To that so. yeah oh man me too rob you're, you're guiding again a little bit dude looks like things have gotten busy again yeah i've done quite a few trips in the last week and a half or so and uh i've had great trips i've had they're all good trips but fishing wise i've had some great trips and i've had some really tough trips um fish saguaro the first day i went to saguaro we caught him pretty good um ended up the next two times I went back, it was pretty tough. So it was just kind of frustrating in that aspect, but, uh, fish pleasant fish barley overall it was pretty good. So right. Feel good to be gainfully employed again, man. Yeah, definitely. It's, it was kind of strange for, I mean, the problem with this time of year is, I mean, you literally got to get up at two 30 in the morning. So it wears you out in a hurry, but I'm, I was glad to be doing it. So yeah, get some more trips. So, it's brutal getting up that early. You've got to plan ahead. You can't stay up watching. We're walking, watching uh, Walking Dead right now. We're just <laughs> watching all these terrible shows before I leave town, just trying to get them all in. And, uh, dude, you can't stay up until midnight watching Walking Dead and then get up at 2.30 to get to the lake. I, I Otherwise, I, you become the Walking Dead. <laughs> yeah. I tried the other day, and I literally I got up. I had to go shoot some videos. And I was like, no, I, I can't do it. I went back to bed and said, I'll do it the next day. The next day, I only stayed up until 11. So I slept three and a half hours. <laughs> and um, I'm not in, you know, that's not good to begin with. And, um, you know, just kind of being stuck at home for the last couple months so much, my body's just not used to that. We talk about being in fishing shape and stuff. And, dude, I got home uh, after fishing and I had to, I could barely even talk. I had to go lay on the couch. <laughs> And I was drooling all over the pillow within one minute of laying on the couch. I could see Emma poking you with a stick. Yeah, I, one of them had woke me up for something, like inadvertently woke me up, and I already had a pool of drool. And I was like, man, I've, literally five minutes. I'd been sleeping for five minutes. I was that tired. So I need to – go ahead. Speaking of all these shows you're, you've watched, Nick, have you finished Ozark? I didn't start Ozark yet, oh, actually. Okay, okay. I took a I took right. a side trip down something called Waco, and uh, it was pretty good too. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of that. Seen it on it's Netflix, right? It is. Or, yeah. Is it Netflix. Right. It on. is. I'll have to watch it. You like it? Yeah, it was good. It makes me want to join a cult. Oh, it's <laughs> a, I got you. Nice. Is that the David it's, Koresh deal? Exactly. Yeah, I was thinking like if I joined a cult, then I could give him my wife, and then I could take up carpentry. So you know, it, one of those life goals I'm thinking about. Good luck with that. <laughs> maybe less Josh stress, is, maybe Josh not. Is, I don't know. Josh is speechless. That was pretty funny. <laughs> Josh is just going to have to edit the first like 20 minutes. This is just going to be the, the lost episode. We're at like 30 something. It's probably just Nick is just completely off the rails now at this point. It's just hot and we've had a busy day and we'll, we'll get to the good stuff. Thank you uh, to the listeners for sticking with us through all this crap yeah uh okay so i had one thing i wanted to run by you guys real quick just to see what you would do in this situation i have a house rented for a tournament you know we always talk about the rental houses and hotels and stuff so i've got this house rented for a tournament in it's just outside of detroit it's up by lake erie lake st Clair. we've got a tournament there in august and 
so I, I rent this place and it's at the very top of our budget. It's at the top of our budget, but up there you don't have very many choices because these places don't have parking. There's a lot of dangerous areas around Detroit. So you don't want to stay in a place that you're going to regret booking. So I booked this place and and I'm like, okay, I didn't want to spend this much, but we got it. And it's going to park. It's going to house us all and it'll have room for us to park. Well, fast forward two weeks, this lady sends me an email and says, hey, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize when you booked it, that, that was for my off season rates. And that's right in the middle of, uh, you know, my busiest season. So I'm going to have to charge you an extra hundred dollars a night and increase what? your refundable. It's refundable, but increase your refundable deposit by another 250 bucks. Hmm. So Whoa. it's psychotic. It's, it's horrible to do that. You know, to someone who's already booked it, I just don't know what to do next because you know, it, there's no other choice. Like, We've we've gotten put in a bind because everything else is taken up there. There's nowhere else to stay. Well, step one, you need to name drop. She needs to know who you are. I'm just kidding. <laughs> name, drop, <laughs> name drop the podcast. Hey, exactly, will, yes. I will drag you under the bus on our podcast that has almost- We're going to roll it over you listener. and then go forward, back it up, go forward. <laughs> Dude, where did you book that through? Is that VRBO or Airbnb it's or something? Airbnb. You know, it's Airbnb. I just, I mean, I guess you have to read the user's policy or whatever, but that does not sound like something they can do. If you've already reserved something at agreed upon terms, how can they just like do that? That doesn't seem, this is America. We can't do that. I wouldn't think so, right? You know, and it's it's one of those things where ultimately that host could get a bad review, but um Worst case for us is she just cancels it. You're knowing homeless. She's yeah. got the she's got the right to cancel it, even though we're mm. going to give her a bad review. So like, I got to tread lightly. I just don't know what to do. Maybe uh, try to barter with her a little bit. Yeah, maybe like three packs of gulp minnows in exchange for the four hundred dollar of increased fees. Yeah, yeah. With with the group we're staying with, maybe we could offer a percentage of tournament winnings. Go <laughs> <Still> get zero. <laughs> Oh man, Rob, what, what would you do? Rob's usually the one that's, he's like scouts honor over there. He's probably all about, he's probably got a solution for us. I'd be dumb enough just to pay it and be afraid to miss out on him, but who knows? Well, if you don't have anywhere else to stay, that makes sense. I mean, she knows yeah, it too, probably. She knows but... it too is the problem. Yep. Yep. How many guys you got staying there? Four. Four. So, I mean, an extra hundred She's... bucks a night. It's 25 bucks a night, right? Yeah. Not the end of the world, but hey, uh, you know, that, that adds up. It does for sure. I mean, the, the key is like you said, I mean, you have to be in an area that's safe there. I mean, you could, I don't know. That's just, that's, she's kind of got you, got the upper hand on you, unfortunately, but yeah, it's too kind bad. of a weird deal. Kind of a weird Dude, I deal. I wonder if Eminem's got any space for you down at eight mile. <laughs> yeah, I bet he does, man. I bet he does. <laughs> oh. Dude, I've seen, so I've been over there and, uh, you know, we fished over there a few times. I've been on that eight mile, whatever that eight mile road is or eight mile boulevard mm-hmm. or drive, whatever uh-huh. it is. I've been on the road, so I don't know. <laughs> That's pretty cool. So see, yeah. maybe you can, I don't know, man, like you just got to improvise. It's not like you'll be, you'll be flying under the radar with your wrapped truck and wrapped boats in procession. I think you blend right in. Yeah, that's a good point. Maybe I'll <laughs> isn't the isn't the boat ramp like on twelve mile or something like that? Yeah, man, that's a heck of a memory for not being there in twenty years, Rob. How long was it when you were there, dude? Forty thousand one. Two thousand one. Yeah, wow. yeah, it's it's some, I don't even remember. When I was there two years ago. Some, it's, uh, it's on a mile like road. I know that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, Josh, please promise us and all the listeners that every morning before takeoff, you'll just sit in your truck with the music crank going, you better lose yourself in the music, the moment. That's going to be like your jam as you win that tournament. (laughs) I can hear like that guitar riff intro. (laughs) Hilarious. Maybe I'll do it, man. Maybe it'll help me. Uh, Well, other than that, not a whole whole lot else going on. I did want to, uh, one note I made here, I want to congratulate John Murray. We had him on last week. He was a great guest. He was a really special guest uh, for for me anyways, having him on. And uh, he fished a Toyota Series tournament on Pickwick Lake this past weekend. And uh, he made a real, real close run uh, at winning. He was leading after two days. He finished in the top 10 and uh, just he got edged out by Jacob Wheeler, uh, the machine. He won another tournament. Unbelievable. But uh, good, good job to both of those guys, and and uh, big shout out to John. Yeah, I was rooting for him. I was hoping he was going to pull it off. That was uh, it was pretty cool to see him leading yesterday, though. So 
Yeah. Nick, in, in uh, a text thread with Alex, he's, Alex sent that picture over and said, this is going to be Rob in a couple of years. Ah. Not even. Not yeah. Even, I wish. I wish I could be that. Either. Oh, yeah. Whatever, dude. Uh, Rob, I've seen <laughs> newspaper clippings of you wearing jorts holding big fish. I know you were a big deal a couple decades ago. You'll bring it back. You and John you had the same short style. <laughs> we did. Yep. You're just jealous you can pull off the hiking boots and jorts. So, it's all Dude, I, there's a lot of things I can't pull off, so that's just on a long list. But you you did well. <laughs> you definitely did well with that. Let's I was I was doing the bowl cut bluegill. I was BB, you know. And bluegill. Nice, dude. <laughs> that was what I was rocking. And this one of these ridiculous projects that we're going through. This is like when coronavirus quarantine has gone so long that you've now just like walked in so many circles in your house that you're who knows what's going on at this point. We're now like attacking this these photo albums that have emerged from when my mom died and all these moves and uh, that we've had. And man, I found some, we did the episode a while back where we showed some funny pictures of ourselves, but I found another slew of gems. Man, I'm wearing like a Dan Marley Phoenix Suns t-shirt, like down to my ankles. That must've been like a 3XL for an adult. And I'm like seven years old, just rocking this thing with some sweet, like white New Balance tennis shoes, <laughs> lipping a bluegill with the biggest smile on my face. I, I don't know why old pictures make me laugh, but I love it. I can't wait to see it. Yeah, old I will definitely send cringe, it out. Man. That's well, cool. So, right. hey, are we going to so are we going to transition into trivia? Um, you've got the yellow legal pad and I can't see it from Gilbert over here. But I know um, that's up some point today's episode. I wanted we had talked about what the uh, loser is going to have to do. Right. Yeah. Do you have an idea? Well, you know, considering that it'll most likely be me, I should probably pick the softest punishment I can. <laughs> but oh, what is I, it? Tell me what you're thinking. Well, I mean, weren't we thinking like someone's going to have to go to like a real public place, either like an urban fishery or maybe like Saguaro or something and, and just like seriously straight faced fish with like a little kid's fishing pole, whether it's like a, right. a Barbie or a Spider-Man and yep. don like the most outrageous vest and maybe like a bucket hat and some hip waders and I just mean, like own it. The whole outfit would be amazing, but I think even just the rod, just going fishing for a full day, having to use that rod <laughs> would be well worth it. And, and you know, we, we can do this where at least two of us are together. It'd be great if we all three of us could go, but if two of us can go and, and <laughs> for the loser to have to fish all day with that rod would be brilliant. Be I think beautiful. we absolutely that be, should. That would be good. And what but, if we, I, I think we should also rally together now in this day and age of technology, anyone that wanted to do it, we should have like a tournament where like, we all we can use is one push button rod and reel setup and that's it dude so you can do whatever you want but like you got to throw that yeah let's do it I, I think it's a great idea and we'll film it uh so so first we'll do this though since we're already halfway deep into this trivia contest uh which i'll, I'll read the questions here for today's uh segment in a minute but yeah let's do that right now uh the 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 guy with the least correct answers is after Josh. all three rounds whoever it is is going to go use a small kid's push button rod and reel. I'm, I'm looking at Perfect. Emma's Barbie rod right now, and uh, <laughs> if I lose, that will be my selection. Yeah, well. So what's I, the score as we speak right now? What What is it? So Nick has one correct answer, and Josh has three. And okay. Rob has not answered any questions yet. So um, we'll roll into today's. I'm reading today, and then uh, you'll read next week, Nick. Is that cool? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've, I've been working on my questions. I've got some good ones. Nice. Right on. And I don't think mine are great questions. I've got a couple just random ones and a um, couple true-false, couple guesses. And um, every question, I'll kind of explain what, what the thought press process is on the answer, on how yeah. to answer it. But let's uh, – okay, let's start right here. Got my pen ready to – jot down the correct answers okay the red eye and sewanee bass world records come from this state so uh, rob you get to go first and you guys can have the okay. same answer it's not if you know it's if you, be george, you think it's georgia georgia you're over there with gladys knight on that midnight train to georgia so i am not gonna just piggyback on you i'm gonna say what is alabama alex all righty, guys. Yeah, very well done. Nice. Uh, well done on having a funny answer, but neither were correct. 
<laughs> I got to bring something to this cast. Florida, cool. yeah. Florida, right on. Yep, yep. Has, has, does, does there even any fishing in Florida? I feel like no one ever talks about fishing in Florida. Yeah, you're going to be hearing a lot more of it, too. I'm getting ready to go there in two days. So <laughs> That's uh, like the Mecca, man. Gosh. No kidding. Everything goes on over there. No kidding. How okay, big? so. Go ahead, Rob. What are the world, record, what are the world records? How big see, are they? See, this is where I screwed up. Rob actually researched deep, but I don't even have, I don't even know how big they are. <laughs> the Sewanee <laughs> was a 417. I can't imagine they're very big, right? They've got to be a few pounds or smaller. A few pounds. Yeah, I would agree. So. Right on. I know a couple guys that actually, uh, my buddy Kurt and Keith Combs, two years ago, did like a, uh, uh, just a video deal where they went and caught every type of bass in the country. That's it cool. Was Kurt's idea for the company he worked for at the time, and Keith was sponsored by them. And uh, you know, Keith had a blast. Like they both, they 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 had a great trip. But afterwards, Keith did it like on a week in between tournaments, and he's like, "Dude, I didn't know how much travel that was going to be, man." He's like, "I I was like, yeah, sounds like a lot of fun, but like, dude, they drove like ten thousand miles, like ping ponging back and huh. forth." going to all wow. these fisheries to can you know they'd show up and catch one and be done you know it's not like they could could stick around and take their time they did it in like a week there was a wow. lot of driving do are there tournaments where like those fish ever make a difference i mean they're so small like are there tournaments where like someone would weigh in a red eye or a sawani with large mouse have you ever come upon that josh the only tournament i've ever fished where there was kind of an odd type of bass was uh lake travis we were catching guadalupe's and uh, even, you know, the guys weighed them, but not, they were not happy when they had one in their bag. Right. They, they, they were, weren't going to be they, part of a winning bag, right? Yeah. No one, no one caught a big Guadalupe bass, but, uh, but yeah, they were weighing really, them in. Yeah. You, you know, sometimes you'll catch like a, like a hybrid, like a largemouth, smallmouth hybrid. There are fisheries where those exist and mm-hmm. a spot smallmouth hybrid. And those will, those will count, but not, not one of those oddball, not yeah. one of those oddball ones for sure. That's How true, about huh? you? Have you ever heard small. of that, Rob? I no, I've not heard of anybody catching any of those. So, other right. than just you know for fun. So, that's, cool. not that's a good question. Now. All righty. Well, uh, let's move on to the next one here. Uh, and I don't know how easy this is going to be or not. If this was me, I don't know. I don't know if I would have got it right. So let's see what you guys have. And some of the listeners are going to go. You guys are idiot. Or you're an idiot, Josh, for for asking this question. But this <laughs> they say we're idiots all the time. Yeah. There you go. This. Fish species is known as the shellcracker. <laughs> the red-eared simple, sunfish. Right? Re- yeah, red-eared sunfish. Okay, well, yeah, you're both way smarter than me. Good, got it. <laughs> Dude, he's one of your homies. He's a red-eared sunfish. <laughs> he's the Josh Bertrand of the panfish family. I don't know my sunfish very well, man. I don't know what. Like, if I caught a warmouth. I think I'd know a warm mouth. The warm mouth has a big mouth, right? Compared to. Do we call those green sunfish too? Is that what a warm mouth is? And maybe. They have like that neon blue on their gill plate. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess so. I guess that's a nickname for a, for a green sunfish. So, Hmm. all right. So you guys both got one correct on that one. So, uh, we're sneaking up on you over there. I I think we're going to need to audit last episode to see if you really got three, right? Well, we can listen back. <laughs> All righty. Okay, this is going to be a true or false question. So, spawning male bass bump the female to loosen her eggs. Ooh. Is that true or false? Is that why he bumps the female? I've always. Go, with... go ahead, Rob. I'm going to go with true. See, and I'm going to say that I always thought it was because the female had been bossing him around on how to clean the nest properly, and he just had enough. So he was like, come at me one more time. So he's starting uh, to get physical. He's, just, he's, he's had enough, dude. He's like, I'm over here guarding the nest. You're out there sitting in the deep, cooler water, just hanging out. I'm over this. No, I'm going to say true as well. I'm pretty sure that's why they give him a little love tap. Right on. Yeah, he's like, I'm having to deal with these bluegill. I'm dealing with all <laughs> yeah. these gizzard, Chad, the fishermen. You know how many times I've <laughs> been caught? Right. Where you at, Luann? Get back up here. <laughs> Earn your keep. You guys uh, are both false, and that probably wasn't a great <laughs> question. But they bump the female 
to stimulate her to release Ooh. the eggs. So it's just all on her to release them. But um, it's a little love tap, like, hey, we're waiting. Basically, like forcing I, the eggs out. He's just trying to get her to to do I'm it herself. Of, I don't know if that's true or false, Josh. It's a, I mean, did and you know what? Yeah. Is a challenge flag been thrown? I mean, if he's yeah. I mean, well, if he's okay. To stimulate, what's the, I mean, what's the difference between stimulating and actually doing? Mm, okay. Every teenager. I, 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 Nick's just gonna stay quiet. That was too much for Nick. He's over here just like sweating bullets. I want to say something. Fair point. Fair, it, well, I'll tell you what. Uh, I'll give you that. Your challenge. I'll, I'll accept that challenge. But you both still had the same answer. So okay. I'll just give All you. Right. I'll give That's you fair. both correct answers because I asked a bad question. No. Nope. Nope. Well, don't be That's too diplomatic, either. dude, because now it's three to three to two. So, I mean, you could That's you could kind of block yourself. Yeah. Really? Uh, all right. I'll think. Let's revisit it. We'll revisit it. We'll think about it after the Get Roger Goodell on the phone. Yeah. <laughs> See, I, I need to have better questions that are more definitive for sure. OK, let's move on to the next one. What was the age of the oldest known largemouth? Oh, I do. See, I don't downplay your questions. I'm enjoying this. Well, I am going to say that it was Dottie, and she was 23 years old. All righty. How about you, Rob? I'm just going to follow his lead and agree, because I, I, I know Dottie was old. I don't know if she's the oldest documented one or not, but yeah. Hey, that's so. pretty amazing, actually. You guys have it right. It's 23, but it's not Dottie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're still correct, uh, but it's not Dottie. It was a fish caught in New York. Oh, per wired to fish. So uh, cold, cold water fish live long. Cold water bass. Have, is that am I just making this up or is that true? Don't the fish that live in colder regions live longer? I'm thinking like lake trout yes. and stuff. It's interesting. They comment do. one way yeah. or the other. But yeah, I think they have a long, long period every year where they're fairly lethargic. So I think they you know what I mean? Like they just spend such a amount of time in a slower um, metabolic rate. I don't know, but I've always thought that was the, the case. So Can New York you doesn't imagine how me. big a 23-year-old Florida strain bass would be? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they'll get up to 10 pounds at eight years old. So imagine... It'd be 30 at that rate, right? <laughs> It'd be sweet. Crazy. Okay, you guys well, good think, job. you think the world record will ever be um, broken? I don't. Do you think we'll grow it? What is it, 21 or something? 22? It's 22, right, Rob? And yeah, 10. and every time every time you research it, it's George Perry, right? But yep. what happened to the one that was caught in Japan a few years ago? Yeah, wasn't that thing at like a 24 or something crazy, like 24-1? It, it was bigger, but it was never recognized as the world record, so it's kind of weird how that Maybe works. those Japanese scales aren't certified. I'll tell you what, that thing's probably, and not to take anything away from George uh, in, Rest in peace. Georgia, uh, exactly, but <laughs> dude... I, I would think there's probably much greater chance that that fish had an accurate weight in Japan uh-huh. years ago than a hundred years right. ago on a grocery yep. store scale. But who knows, man? Yeah. It's so why do you think? One. Why do you think it won't? My guess is just pressure, man. I mean, mm. the, the amount of fishing pressure around the around the whole country. It's, you know, we've talked about some big fish that were caught on on recent podcasts, and I, you know, especially with Southern California, kind of not being in the heyday anymore where a lot mm-hmm. of those giant fish were coming from. I mean, that was where it was going to happen. And now that mm-hmm. that's, it's not off the table, but I haven't heard of anything, anything close to uh like 20 pounds 20. been mm-hmm. caught, you know, and I really yeah, haven't I, heard of I, any, any high teeners. I think a potential world record will be directly tied to trout stockings at some point, if it is. Mm-hmm. And, and it doesn't seem like they're doing that like they were, huh? That's and that's maybe why that um, has decreased over that way for sure. I mean, there's still guys catching big fish on swim baits, but yeah, it's it seems like that's less than there used to be, right? Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, that's like a protein shake. That's like a six pack of protein shakes in every bite. Yeah, you got to wonder that you know that place where wherever I, I guess he maybe caught it at Lake Biwa. That's where all those giants have come out of up in Japan uh, or over in Japan. I wonder if that thing if that lake has trout in it. Yeah, interesting josh you need to go to japan for all of us and and do a, a sweet like destination bass fishing trip a lot of my buddies have and and uh you know they come back with a couple grand worth of crazy tackle and stuff like that it'd be <laughs> really it'd be awesome you know a lot of these companies that are in the 
bass fishing world are from Japan. So that's how mm-hmm. they, a lot of these guys have gotten to visit. You know, they go to the headquarters of whatever sponsor they have that's a Japanese company and they get the first class treatment. They get taken out to the lakes by the best guys and see all get the dropped on the juice, catch a few yeah. game changers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Man, that would be so cool. You know, completely stupid random sidebar, but I read the book uh, Shoe Dog by Phil Knight, the founder of Nike. Great book. You, oh, you recommended so you, it to me. I listen, I read it. Listen to it. Perfect. That's right. I, dude, I, the best part of that, my favorite part of that book is when he's talking about his early days, dude, going to Japan and like just figuring it out, man, like that. That is such a cool story that he tells. I, it immediately just made me want to go to Japan and, and see what's up. So the fishing industry side of that, I think that was the parallel I was, you know, thinking of in my brain. It, it would be cool, man. I would. When you go, I'm going to go in your carry-on suitcase. I'll fit. <laughs> what was that shoe company that he worked for originally where he was going to Japan to meet the owner or whatever? What was that other shoe well, company? So I think that was it. it. He absorbed them kind of, right? It was ASICs, but they called it something different at that oh, time. The camera I didn't what it was realize called, it that became was ASICs. ASICs. No way, man. That, well, so once he pieced out and did his thing, that lived on. They were called the Tigers, I think, right? That's they, like, what it was. Tigers, yeah, and those, those became Rob? ASICs. Have I heard of Tigers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Running no. shoes back in the day. I don't recall, no. That is an awesome book. If if any of you guys like to listen to audiobooks or, or would physically read it, it's a killer book. It's it's just it's the story of this dude's success. And it yeah. he started in the back of his car selling peddling shoes out of the back of his trunk for this tiger company out of Japan, right? Yeah, exactly, dude. It's it's the most entertaining. Like and then, you know, like he he it talks about the battles that he went through and then growing Nike to the stardom and, you know, enormous stature that they were. But then it also kind of shows some of the realness of like when you achieve those levels of success, what it costs you in your personal life or things like that. It's just a, it's a phenomenal book. Yeah. I can't recommend that one high enough. And it's long. It's like a 20 hour listen. So I literally wow. listened to it for an entire trip to a tournament <laughs> and the, the, the trip flew by. It was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, right that on. was okay, so, random. Sorry about that. No, that's good. We're so we're four questions in, and as of right now, Nick has four correct. Rob has three, and Josh has three. Okay. So last that's question. What, Go ahead. You're wrong, though. That's with the one that's still in question. It is. Yep. So we'll figure that's that out. Right. Rob, why are you being so honest? Just try. Yeah. Because you're leading. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> but he's well answered played. for two groups. Valid point. Yeah, it's depressing. What would the maximum depth of Lake Mead be at full pool? Oh, we never talk about Lake Mead. That's a random. Yeah, I figured the listeners haven't heard enough of it, so I'd talk about it more. You know, the first two letters in Lake Mead is me. So I'm (laughs) going to say, how deep would the lake be at full pool? Was the the deepest point at the lake at full pool? Okay. I'm going to say 300. So I'm Googling it right now, and I'm just kidding. <laughs> so 300 is Rob's guess. Mm, I don't know, man. I think it's got to be deeper than that. I'm going to say four, 417. Nick has made a heck of a comeback today, folks. He is up to five correct <laughs> answers. It is 532 at full pull. So Nick or Rob, you'd be – well, I guess right now if it's 100 feet down, Nick would still be the closest. Nick would be almost right on the money, but – at yep. full pool, 532, so pretty crazy. It's a deep lake. That is that is crazy. So then I wonder how much Lake Powell would be, because doesn't Powell have even deeper canyons in it? That's a good question. I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see. You know, on in the bass fishing world, the deepest lake outside of, like, our western reservoirs that I've ever mm-hmm. been to, uh, Finger Lakes in New York. Really for interesting. Those? Like a couple of them are like relatively shallow. Like um, I don't actually, I don't even know if Oneida is not technically a finger lake, but some of those glacial lakes, like you'll go on a glacial lake, mm-hmm. like Balax, for instance, it's like 20 feet deep in the middle. Okay. And you get on um, Cayuga and a couple of those like Seneca and stuff. Cayuga is like th- like 300 something feet deep in the middle, Dang. and um, it's not that wide. It's like a mile across. It's just a giant, you know, glacial, glacier carved ridge, right? Yeah, it's it's just unbelievable. It's like a straight finger, and, and the bass obviously they'll use the habitat 
in the middle of the lake here and there, but the a huge percentage of the bass populations in those lakes are just on one end or the other. Like on, on the north end and south end, it flattens out and you've got a few miles of of habitable bass water, inhabitable mm-hmm. bass water for a for a fish. But man, like in that middle part, it's it's dead sea, dude. They've got all kinds of other lake trout and stuff like that out there. But um if you're fishing those lakes for bass, ninety nine percent of the time you're a plum on the south end or plum on the north end. And those are real lakes, right? With an inlet and an outlet. There's no dam or are those reservoirs? No, they're natural, dude. They're just natural, natural. right? So there's an outlet. Yep. Yep, exactly. No dam. So do bass do bass position and utilize inlets and outlets like trout do? Is that like built oh, into yeah. the strategy? Uh, well, yeah, for sure. You know, it just it's just it's moving water. It's it's mm-hmm. some type of irregularity in the in the bottom. Absolutely, you know, that's where you're going to find a lot of the vegetation and stuff. So for sure, I'm sure that also plays into why those two those upper and lower ends are are so good for mm-hmm. sure. Would you agree, Rob? Yeah, I've never fished those bodies of water like that, but yeah. You fish natural lakes in Minnesota and stuff a bunch, right? Yeah, but not. Before I mean, you were into fishing. Hardcore. Mr. Twister off the bank, yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> you were using a Spider-Man pole that I'm about to use yeah. when I lose this right. trivia question. Here's a, it's another like I'm going to be using it, so. <laughs> yeah. No, you still get, this is this is my swan song, dude. I got to set the bar high because well, it's all coming down to next week. You did what you have to do. So you've got you five. Did. Yeah. And now yeah, if, if that holds up, which again, dude, I, I asked the dumb question. So I'm willing to, it wasn't a definitive yes or no. So it's all in interpretation. So I'm willing to, to take the loss and give you guys both the points. So we're going to just <laughs> probably go that we way. Talked, but We talked him into a point. Nick. You yeah. take that L. I'm going like today. <laughs> hey, that, just a thought on that stuff. What's the deepest you guys have ever caught a bass? Because obviously you said a couple hundred feet out there. So I, I have a feeling I know roughly how deep the deepest bass you ever caught is. But how deep have you ever seen a smallmouth or a largemouth bass occupying and, and eating and doing bass things? My my deepest largemouth I've ever caught was 65 foot. And I caught a, caught a good limit in 65. Uh, my deepest spotted bass were like 85. Oh, okay. So. I don't know about smallmouth. I don't recall ever catching a smallmouth very deep, but yeah, I don't think I've ever caught a smallmouth over 30, dude, really much. I mean, I might've caught something like 35, but I don't think I've caught a smallmouth over 40. I'll say that. Like when the spoon bite gets really good on our lakes out here and the fish go super deep, even on the lakes that have a lot of smallmouth, I don't catch the smallies doing that. It's really interesting. So there must be some reason the smallmouth will not go quite that deep, but, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, I'd say probably spots would be somewhere in the 50s. You know, I don't think I've caught any spots deeper than 60. Uh, largemouth, though, I've caught close to, I've caught into the mid-70s for sure um, in some of our desert lakes down here. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, because I definitely haven't ever scratched it. I think I, the deepest largemouth I've ever caught was probably in the 50s range, and I don't even know for smallmouth. So, cool. Right on. That's a good question. So one topic that I thought was cool, I'm totally stealing this, uh, saw this online this week, uh, Todd Castledine, a professional angler, had posted a video uh, just talking about some unwritten rules. And I didn't even watch the video. I just, I figured it was probably, uh, it was a, would be an interesting topic to talk about on the show. Unwritten rules in fishing, in general, bass fishing, fishing in general, uh, so we, we all kind of wrote down a couple of 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 rules that aren't going to show up in the in the game and fish regulations. They're not going to show up in if you're fishing a tournament. They're not going to show up in the tournament rules. But rules that you know as you fish for longer and longer, what's just something that's not cool to do that you try to avoid. And I don't know if either of you guys want to start or if you want to go with my first one. Me to go with my first one. Go ahead, Josh. Um. Okay, so. If you're an angler and you fish with another angler and he takes you to his fishing spots, there's there are a lot of unwritten rules on how you handle that moving forward, <laughs> you know, in, in fishing. And I'm not even saying this to be like uh, to, to, to um, I guess, 
you know, come down on anyone at all. But, that's but there's a little thing. etiquette. It's, it's it's something that if you're newer to fishing and you're starting to go fishing with uh, with other anglers, it's something to keep in mind because if it, depending on how you handle this, it could mean that you're going to gain someone's trust and you're going to keep keep fishing with this person, keep learning from this person, or it could get you cut off <laughs> forever <laughs> and you never get to fish with this person again. And, and, and there's, and you can go too far overboard with this too, but, uh, you know, how do you, how do you approach that man? So yeah, say, say Nick takes you fishing, Rob, and takes you to his best spot on a lake. Oh. What, do you, what do you do? I'm going to make sure my boat's faster and race him to a spot <laughs> the next time. Out. Ooh, I like no, that. I'm, no, what's funny is my, my number one deal was don't race your buddy to, buddy to a spot that he showed you. That's so cool. It's kind of That's funny. Cool. I mean, you and I had the same number one, um, yeah, I mean it's it's we're bordering on sounding like elitist talking like that. And, and yeah, I don't want to go there because I just no. I, I want to uh, help people uh, understand it, I guess, and uh, and, yeah. and it goes both ways. Like if you take someone to your spot, you can't expect them to never fish it again. Like that's also right. if you don't want someone to fish your spot, don't take them there. So, but you couldn't you couldn't say it any better than than just be cautious on how you handle that situation because get you invited to the next trip or it could never you could never ever get invited so dude i think i think i'm a case study in that because i know we've talked about this but like i met josh hiring him as a fishing guide 10 or 11 years ago to take my dad out on his birthday right like i was your classic granted i was a client so you're going to show me something to catch some fish on but it also wasn't you know what i mean you weren't going to just give it just it could have gone either way and and that blossomed into a good friendship and then rob i think i met you about the same way i don't think i went on a guide trip with you but it was through the network that you and josh had and uh, i know that was nice of josh to create a fantasy situation where you were coming to my spot i i hope i live long enough to see that day but dude you've you've shared a bunch with me and so i don't know you guys are generous sharing i i mean I don't feel like there's an elitist title there. I think it really just boils down to then being respectful, right? Like it's like the shame on, you know, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me type of deal. It's like everyone gets a shot, right? Like you share within reasons. And then it's like, if someone just, you know, races you to it or whatever, then like, well, obviously that's like disrespectful right out of the jump. And like, that's just going to cut you off from it. But I feel like, dude, knowing you guys, like, pretty much every bass ever since that going forward, I feel like I could probably connect to something you guys have taught me or I've gleaned from something you've talked about, you know, that's how you learn. And I guess there's, there's no right or wrong answer here on how to do this, but if you're the guy that's, that's in the boat, that's being showed this area, you know, just, just at least be mindful moving forward of, of whether you'd like the same thing happening to you or not. You know, if, if you're, if you, if you're out there one weekend, there's a a local tournament the next weekend, you definitely don't want to, try to beat this guy to the spot. If you're going fishing uh, on your own and uh, it's not going to hurt the guy, there's absolutely, I don't see anything wrong with it. And, and Hey, the, the clock ticks by two years and it, and it's a community hole and everyone knows about it. it. That's different too. Right. I mean, it's a, it all depends on, is it a spot that 800,000 people know about? And if so, you know, you can't, if you're, if you're showing a guy the most popular spot on the lake, you can't expect that to have your name on it for sure. Yeah, man, sure. that's that's the thing. And, and you know, like in tournament fishing too, right? You mentioned something might start out as kind of the untold secrets. Community holes usually aren't too far in the distance after that. <laughs> if you have some success in a derby on a spot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, nothing lasts forever. Nothing secret forever, especially especially now we get nowadays. Um, and then the other thing, like if if you're an angler and you struggle, if you, it like uh, one thing that a guy had told me a long time ago was. Um, if, if you are that really secretive type person, um, sometimes you're better off only having one fishing partner, one tournament Dude, partner, yeah. you know, if you're, if you're secretive and you're going to, and you just want to be that way. And that's totally cool. If you just want to keep everything that you find to yourself, it's, it's best just to fish with a limited amount of people. And, right. and that yeah, makes it really simple. Quarantine with one partner only. <laughs> <laughs> Practice social distancing in your fishing yes. relationships. Dude, it's funny you say that. I, uh, um, I've got a, a friend in, in Wyoming and he's, he's a hammer. I mean, that guy just freaking catches them. I, I had thought he was primarily like a lake trout fisherman. And on the old Facebook, I saw him with a, a beast of a smallie that he had caught. Nice. And, uh, it was like uh, just over five pounds. 
and so you know he lives in wyoming that's a that's a big small mouth anywhere and then you know up there that's a hell of a fish so i haven't talked to him in a long time and i asked on his post is like dude that's that's awesome man how much and he responded five pounds like cool man what'd you catch it on <laughs> he goes a hook oh <laughs> nice dude well, and then he, he might private, drive up from arizona dude he private messages me and then he goes in detail about what he caught it on and then so i was like oh that's cool man you know i thought he was fishing flaming gorge a lot which was it's a, it's a haul from where he lives you know, a couple hours and he's like oh no i don't go there very often you know now i'm catching them in the lakes close by here and proceeded to like, I wasn't obviously looking for information. I was just having a conversation. It's not like with all three kids and my wife and all my crap, I'm just going to load up the minivan and head north this weekend and go get on his water. But it, he was like, please keep this on the download. Don't tell anyone, but here's what's going on. <laughs> like, all right, dude, like props to you for being, you know, you know, props for figuring them out. And I was not trying to milk you for information, but like, it's just interesting, you know, like I, I'm not around as many people who are so tight-lipped about it, I guess. But I just love to do a hook. I'm like, all right. That's great. That's, <laughs> that's great. That's just that's just proof that he's been had before, right? And, and for sure. Yeah. It, it, until you get taken like that, you you're pretty loose-lipped. And good and point. As soon as you as as soon as stuff happens like that, you just keep your mouth shut. And that's it's unfortunate, but it's that way. So that's a good point, spoken Robbie, from someone yeah. who's had it, probably. <laughs> What right else on. you got, Josh? Um, well, let's hear your next one, dude. I, I gave my first one. Do you have one right there? I got, I got a couple quick ones. One, yeah. no bananas in the boat. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. I can not get really down with that. I'm not into that. The other one, the other one is uh, shut your headlight headlights off at the ramp. Yeah, nice. That's I got that one for when sure, it's dark man. in the morning. Um, an, another serious one, though, is is fish care. Uh, take mm. care of your fish. Interesting. That's correctly. a good one, dude. Hold them correctly. Um, they have gills for a reason. Them. Yep. Uh, another one for for trout is uh, on how you fight them. Uh, <laughs> summertime, it's hot. You want to fight them quick and get them released because interesting. You, you fight them forever. You're going to stress them out and kill them. Mm-hmm. Um, just overall respect for fish. I mean, that's cool. that's. I love that, that one, just, dude. Yeah. It's a great call, you know. It, it, and I, hey, I've done this. I probably have pictures from 12 years ago on Facebook of me holding up five bass at a time, <laughs> not in a tournament. Um, lesson learned. You know what yeah. I mean? You're excited. Yeah, with, we're all guilty. And you we're do it. And we, we've all yeah. done it. I've done it with Rob before. Rob and I chucked a bunch <laughs> in the level yeah. maybe five years ago to take a yeah. picture. But uh, again, over time, you just you see you see it enough times. It's like. You know, if if you can avoid doing that, just just let them go where you caught them. If it's not in a tournament, and uh, yeah, it's just better for the fish. It just is. I have another one that's just like John talked about it last week. Uh, do you remember him saying a, it was a big name fisherman? They were fishing pro on pro. Uh, John gets bit, sets a hook, misses it. So he's adjusting his plastic. And that gentleman threw in there and caught a five pounder. It cost John the classic. <laughs> That's a like, great one. That's a great one. Yep. Like when you're fishing with your buddies, if you don't cast on that fish, that's wrong, right? If you it's just mess fun. Around, it's fun to steal your buddy's fish for fun. Exactly. But but when you're fishing for high stakes like the Bassmaster Classic and you do not have a shot at it, and that gentleman does with one bite, you don't mess with that fish, man. I That's think you opinion. just do a really loud audible countdown. When you see him miss and he's adjusting his plastic, you're like 15, <laughs> 14, 13. <laughs> so you see if they can get it readjusted That's quickly great. enough and cast. Open your bail, start like pendulum swinging it. Nine, eight. <laughs> I give you fair warning, bro. No, I, I agree with you 100%, Rob. That's a. Uh, that I would I would abide by that too. <laughs> Nick, that would get you got, cut 30 years ago that's, by a that's, willow leaf. That's right. You got to respect. <laughs> <laughs> I've got one more that's uh, more like a pro am type deal. Like like don't talk trash about your pro and vice versa. Mm. Don't talk Ooh, trash about dude, your see you put a lot of thought. These are all really ringing a bell with me. That's it's it, yeah. it's it's disgusting to hear that afterwards, man. It's disgusting yeah. to hear that afterwards and. It's it's easy. You have a, a frustrating day and, and you want to let your frustrations out, but uh, throwing that dude that you fish with under the bus is uh, is not cool. You don't know you don't know the whole story behind why he did what he did out there on the water necessarily. Exactly, because so often you'll fish with a guy that let's say he's a big name, he's won a bunch of stuff, and you're just like, man, he was lost. We've all been lost on the water, right? Uh, yep. Exactly. <laughs> I was last week. 
I, I was on a guy trip last week. I look like that guy, right? It's just like you look like a hero when the fish bite, and you look like an absolute zero when they don't, right? And it's just that's fishing. So, that's dude, and one, having man. fish as a co-angler, pretty much in my fishing career, I I have just as someone who enjoys human psychology and likes to find the humor in things, I have loved when I've drawn pros on the second day and heard heard just like the fabrications of like. You know, Josh and I have always, and I'm sure Rob, you and I have joked like this too, but one of our favorite, favorite jokes is the co-angler knocked him off with the net. That's like the, <laughs> that's the best, that's the best one, dude. I've only heard that in honest speak, maybe one or two times in one of those situations where, you know, it's the second or third day and you're with a pro and like, man, yesterday my co-angler didn't get the net or this or that. And it's like, oh, come on now. <laughs> Just take accountability. That's all. Right? Yeah. Swing it. Swing that seven pounder. Don't be a little chicken. Get it in the boat. <laughs> so funny. Those are good. Those are great ones, man. The only other one that I have that you didn't really cover was, um, you know, just just how to approach a fishing spot on a busy lake or or a spot that you really want to yeah. fish without, you know, cutting someone off is a term that could could be used in a million different ways. But the way I would, you know, the way I interpret it, and and what I would try not to do is just if someone is imminently going to be fishing something if he's working down a bank and his boat's pointed a certain direction and, and there's a sweet there's a, a sweet spot coming up there's a row of docks or something like that i mean he, he's imminently going to get up to he's going to get up to that and be there in five ten minutes and his purpose is to fish those you should probably go somewhere else and come back later you know if yep. it's if it's a if um say you're fishing out offshore and there's three little rock piles and they're all 50 yards apart and one dude sitting on one rock pile i don't see anything wrong with going to the next rock pile mm. even though it's only 50 yards away because he's fishing that one rock pile mm-hmm. it's and you different know than going see, down the bank what'll serve you well in that situation where it's three rock piles and 50 yards is communication talk to the guy yeah hey man yeah. Oh, do you mind if i fish this one over here that type of deal and also i mean when you're fishing down a bank the front of the boat is pointy so don't go that direction. That's the direction my boat's going, right? Oh, that's it's great. For that reason, <laughs> dude. That's why one I of the funniest things. One of the funniest things ever. Uh, I was. We were. Fit, we had a Berkeley outing, like a like a uh, an event where all the Berkeley guys were together. This is the one where Brad fell in. I told you guys about this <laughs> on a previous podcast. So we're on this small lake in uh, somewhere in Minnesota, and it's a killer little lake, and we're having a, a fur fun derby. And there's like Bobby Lane's out there, Justin Lucas, Justin Atkins, Corey Sprangle, the walleye guy from Berkeley. Uh, there's like 10 of us. And uh, we each have someone that works for Berkeley or Abu in the boat with us. And um, you know how seriously people take this. You know what I mean? Like it's <laughs> when it's bragging rights, it's a big deal. And Bobby is in his boat on this little you know stretch of reeds but his boat's pointing one way and there was a spot right behind him that i really wanted to fish like we had caught a big one off of it earlier so we wheel right in there right behind him and start fishing and it was literally the moment brad fell in i caught i caught like a four pounder i can't you know maybe even brad caught i don't remember who caught the fish one of us catches this four pounder and uh you know uh i did because brad's line was still in the water and if, like uh, his his rod fall, flies out of the boat, and he jumps in the water for it. But um, we get this fish in the boat, and he comes out. Brad falls out. We get Brad back in. All this ruckus is going on, and Bobby just starts giving it to us, dude. And uh, <laughs> he's like, "You cut me off," and then you make all this disturbance. And he's doing it in a fun way because he's the right. he's the man. But but he's also like also like, "Damn you guys," you know. The best jokes and are usually like, half serious. I go, dude, you were facing the other way, Bobby. And he goes, I was on spot lock, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> and so the wind was coming in the other way. So he <laughs> so I moved him around. <laughs> yeah. So his boat was pointed the other way that he was actually technically trying to fish. So that was an exception, but I'll never forget yeah, I it. I was on spot lock, you idiot. <laughs> I guess spot lock changes my theory on the pointy end then, huh? Yeah, well, occasionally, I guess. It's rare <laughs> enough to probably still be able to live by that rule, but I'll never forget it. He's got some, some one-liners that I'll just never, never we forget. Need to, we need to have our listeners give us some, some more unwritten Absolutely. Of. Just because it's really funny how, I mean, Josh and I are pretty on, I mean, like he thought it's same ones I did for the most part, so. 
kind of interesting. There's got to be some more out there. Though. Oh, there has to be, dude. Yeah, I mean, there's in anything in life too, right? Like, there's always just you know codes of ethics and things like that. I'm yeah, looking should... at my notes. I'm looking at my notes, and I'm kind of laughing because I'm trying to cheat in the trivia. I'm writing down the scientific name of largemouth bass and smallmouth bass. Just thinking that those questions are going to come up so nice wow. just <laughs> google it no one can see you're still frozen from 45 minutes ago on my screen i can't tell what you're doing right his his picture is going to go paused as soon as the question gets asked yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah no doubt i was going to just be two lines and it's frozen <laughs> well that Dude. was fun um we're almost an hour into this thing we're sweating like crazy so uh any last thoughts for you guys before we get off of this thing not really, other than good luck traveling across the country and go catch them, man. Hopefully yeah, so where's your first stop coming up, dude? I, yeah. I think you've told me this, but I used those brain cells to pour a bowl of cereal or something. Right on. Yeah, so Lake Toho in Florida. It's okay. MLF is finally getting back into the swing of things, and our next tournament's heavy hitters. I'm leaving on Monday, and I think the tournament starts on the 6th or something like that uh, of June. It's going to be hot. I was That's going to be a bruiser <laughs> uh, yeah i went and got my motor service this morning and stuff just getting ready for this summer you know gauntlet of tournaments and uh, i was talking to my buddy that works down there at bass pro and um i was like dude you know normally when i do that drive from arizona to florida it's like february almost winter time you know so it's cool i was like boy it's not easy on the old equipment when it's 100 degrees In from the truck. time you start your truck until yeah. You actually get to where you're going across the country. That's three straight days, 2,400 miles of 100 degree weather. So, I mean, I'm I'm thankful to have a newer Tundra from Hatch Toyota and a newer a newer boat too, a newer you know trailer. But dang man, I, I'm gonna have to keep an eye on all my stuff. Dude, it'll test it for sure. So, um, when was this tournament pre-COVID scheduled? Like, when was it supposed to be? Is it more like April or May it, or early? Yeah, May? it was gonna be early May, which was already late. Like, it, it was mm-hmm. a big buzz. Like, oh, May, a May tournament in Florida. We'll see how this goes. You know, and I, I've never fished Florida in the middle of the summertime. It's gonna be a lot different approach than mm-hmm. it might be. You yeah. know, so often when you go down to Florida for these tournaments, it, you're in the in some phase of the spawn. So you're really we talked about it like you're looking for hard bottom areas, areas where mm-hmm. fish are going to come to spawn. Now it's purely a feeding thing, right? I mm-hmm. mean, you're looking for areas where they're schooled up, chasing shiners, chasing shad, stuff like that. So it's going to be totally different. And, um, I'm, you know, I have no idea what to expect. Normally, I, I have some pretty good confidence going into tournaments this time of year. But Florida, I don't know, dude. I have, I really just, just going to have to go wing it and Wild uh, fish hard and try to try to find them somewhere doing something. I got 30 rods rigged up. I don't know what what I'm going to do yet. And you, you can't talk much about that, right? Well, I can tell you everything. I just can't get any information from okay. anyone. So if you guys had thoughts, I couldn't hear your thoughts, but I could tell, I mean, I could tell cool. you guys exactly what, what I'm doing and, and, you know, I plan to do, but um, like cool. I said, it's kind of pointless because I don't know it's what I'm doing. A, and yeah, I don't know what I'm going to spitball. <laughs> What's after Toho? Uh, after Toho, we've got, so a lot of us are, are, finishing the major league fishing schedule and also jumping into the last couple FLW tournaments. It was kind of a cool deal. FLW and MLF. Oh. Um, they, well, they're basically allowing the major league fishing English to fish their last three tournaments just because of all the nonsense from COVID, us, you know, having to postpone and miss some tournaments. They're allowing us to do that. So they're calling them FLW super tournaments. So nice. uh, I'm stoked for that. I'm, I'm, I'm going to fish the last three of those as well. So we've got one of those on Chickamauga then MLF's back at Champlain, and then La Crosse, Wisconsin, and then uh, Lake Erie for the FLWs. So, I mean, cool. it's a good schedule, a lot of good places to fish. Nice, man. Well, that uh, that sounds like a few miles that uh, you'll be traveling. Yeah, for sure. But, hey, uh, I- I'm stoked that you got a boat, Nick. I'm stoked that you're going to be fishing on Monday. Can't wait uh, to hear how the adventures uh, go, and I can't wait to fish with you again, man. Yeah, well, thanks, dude. Yeah, back at you. You know, it's funny you're talking. We're wrapping this up. But your truck, uh, I I learned my Suburban when I drove down to Tucson and brought that thing back. I'm going to need to do some exhaust work. How it did is, you do? Well, it survived. So, strangely, I was kind of doubting that it would. But uh, I'm in the camp of if it's loud enough to, you know, wake the dead, then it's just about where it needs to be. Four-hour round trip of that, dude, when I got home, it was kind of like your story about a puddle of 
of uh, drool on a pillow. I was, I had so much tinnitus ringing in my head and how wow. hot I was. It's like, all right, so I need to do some exhaust work on my tow vehicle because this thing is a bucket of bolts. So Nick, don't take my Suburban. Just get another truck, dude. <laughs> well, I've got a big mic. <laughs> yeah, I tow with big mic, yeah. perfect. <laughs> doesn't have reverse neutral drive none of that it's just like a slush box but no one cares about that we've been down that path but uh yeah don't take my suburban right on okay well uh sounds good guys uh good luck with your fishing this week and uh to the listeners we'll uh, we'll talk to you next week thank you thanks again for listening to the podcast guys if you like the show and get a chance, we'd hugely appreciate if you shared the podcast with your friends and or gave us a rating and review on iTunes. That goes a long way for us, and it would mean a lot. Uh, hope you guys have a great week, and we'll chat with you next week. Take care, guys.